Hey, good evening, everybody. Welcome to another Sunday Night Live. Let's put some comments up there. Hello, Paul, Michelle, Lynn. Good evening. Um, and moderator is kind of on and off tonight. She's um, feeling a bit under the weather, but she's about. So she'll be watching out for everybody. Anyway, our guest tonight is um, Ronnie. Ronnie Dugdale. Hello, Ronnie. Hi. Hi. You're all right. Yeah. And um, Ronnie is, uh, well, I was a paranormal investigator, aren't you? Or is that what you call yourself? I don't know. I nearly call myself anything, Alex, to be honest with you. You know, it's just got an interest in the paranormal. Yeah, well, yeah, so, yeah, I'm not an investigator, really. Oh, no, Leslie. Um, yeah, getting back to Elaine, she's she texted me this morning. She's sort of got a runny nose and she wants to stay in the background, but um, she'll still be keeping an eye on these messages. Um, anyway, Ronnie, um, we've got a few things in common. One being motorcycles. Yep. Um, BSAs and Harleys and, uh, yeah, so that's great. If we get can't talk about anything, we'll talk about bikes. We can do that. We're, yeah, we can do that. Um, <laughs> anyway, <clears throat> I only met you once before, which was Friday, so I don't know that much about you, really. Mm. Um, hello, Michelle. Hi, Ronnie. Welcome tonight. Um I don't think you can see the messages, by the way. I can, yeah. Oh, yeah. good. Yeah. Um, how did you get involved with this? Or with or, with the paranormal, or with, yeah. with, with the paranormal? Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I grew up. I grew up. Um, my mother was a clairvoyant medium, although she was never practicing. She was very spiritual. Um, I was brought up in a home that had a lot of activity in it, and um, that was just. We was brought up as it being the norm, not the not the um, paranormal, really. So we lived in a in a house which had its own little shadow person. Oh right. Other thing, other things that used to go on. Um, the house where we lived was built on an old um, Iron Age burial mound. They found out afterwards, which explained a lot of the activity. And um, at a very young age, I think I was probably around about seven to nine something like that we had our first ufo sighting a, a bunch of kids playing in there at the back of my house was a field with swings and roundabouts and stuff that the kids play on and then a cornfield after it and we stood there and watched um, a ufo descend into the field for one of the better word so that Never was watched. that was like before it sort of got um quite yeah. big yeah yeah i mean wow. that was just well, we never we never talked about it. I um, put it to the back of my mind until a few years ago, maybe ten years ago. One of my Facebook friends, new Facebook friend, messaged me and said, "Can you remember the day?" And it will come flooding back. You know what what we actually witnessed. And I asked her to describe what she saw, and that was how exactly how I remember it. Um, wow. Yeah. And then obviously it's all taken off from there, isn't it? All this UFO stuff. Well, well, I've, I've been um, sort of investigating different things for my own curiosity for a long, long while. I am. Um, I got an interest in uh, Rendlesham mm. um, in 1980. Before then, 
I was working at the South Pier at Lowestoft and also in the um, Tower Disco in Great Yarmouth. I worked for a bloke called Ted Hardwick and we got on really well. But I used to, because I was a biker, I could shoot from one place to another if they were short-staffed. Sometimes he just wanted someone to go there and keep an eye on his, his wife to make sure she was safe because she'd be taking the money on the door. Oh, and, right. and the Yanks used to go there, um, you know, for their recreation. All these, not just from Bentwaters and Woodbridge, from Lake and Heath, Milden Hall, from all their air bases. I got to know quite a lot of them. Um, there was... I don't know exactly what day it was or what part of Christmas it was when they came in really excited that they're seeing a UFO. And um, two weeks later, when they came back or when I saw them the next time, I asked them about it and they were completely oblivious to what they told me. Now, I don't think they were um, pretending not to know. I, I think they were probably got at it because they just seemed, they were like, what are you talking about? UFO? Nothing about that. But some of the airmen did disappear over that weekend, never came back again. What, down at, at, at Rendlesham, at Woolbridge? Yeah. 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 I, I only ever saw, I saw it, I think it was in, um, I don't know, whatever the news of the world or something, I can't remember now. Um, yeah. And I I was lived in South London. I thought, yeah. I, I don't know where this place is. And um, about 1987, I had to uh, pick up a trailer from Carter's Haulage in Melton. And I didn't realise that Rendlesham was so close. No. You know, no. It's, it, it, it's a shame, but I, I have only been covered about 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. But, I, so. I, only went, I only went to um, Woodbridge and Bentwoods for a handful of times. Sometimes that was for, they had an a American soccer team called the phantoms and my cousin married one of the airmen and um he used to play that so i've been been along there um darts match social drink stuff like that that weren't so high security that you couldn't get in there so it's you know if you knew someone on the gate you could get in there in fact nearly all the booze that was in the south pier and uh, <laughs> the tower nightclub at yarmouth come out of there oh, right. and because that was in it was in ted's interest to keep the young airmen drinking there and so, um, you know, it, it was happy for me to befriend them. And, and they wanted to meet the girls. I knew the girls because that's my job. I was there. You know, so I introduced them to the girls. And, um, so uh, there was quite a lot of activity going on there then. They're not just uh, UFOs and spooks. There's all, all sorts no, of stuff um, going on. No, they didn't yeah. really. Throughout the years, there was always someone had a story about not just that incident, but they always had a ghost story to tell you. You know, you'd start talking to them, say, oh, um, was you there during 1980? And, and they'd go, no, 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 I was gone by then, or um, I didn't start until after then. But there was a time when we, and they tell you a ghost story. Oh. There's lots of activity there. And because they love all that, don't they? Oh, God, yeah. yeah. Uh, <clears throat> I mean, we talk about it quite a lot on here. But people talk about what they want to talk, you know. Mm. And that seems to be your thing, you know. And I thought... Um, it was Vanessa actually told me about you last year. As you know, you yeah. should have been on here last year, but I've got yes. yeah. COVID and everything's got yeah. sort of put, put back. But yeah, I've, I've got an interest, obviously a big interest in Mendelsham and yeah. 
the whole area actually the, the whole part of this part of suffolk fascinates me but yeah. you were telling me some stories on friday and um things i'd never heard of but i, I know i was talking earlier but uh, hello debbie dorinda peggy janet everybody say hello brooke to say hello with you mike um as I was saying earlier, when we belonged to the archery club and that shadow, funny noises going on here, that shadow person, and that shadow person hid behind the trees. And, and then someone here said about, we, we, we had weapons. And then when you were telling me about the burial grounds and all the rest of it, mm. I'm thinking about, if these people are spirit people or whatever they are and roaming about we would look like we well they are weapons aren't they bows and arrows yeah you'd look like an army to them i suppose yeah who knows but yeah. i didn't realize that and i don't think anyone on here does about the 200 graves or the, was it 200 yeah, on Bar barrow mound barrow the mound. thing is you know when they were excavated 1980 at christmas december what that's when they were excavated so you know did they did they release something when they hit them graves and i mean they were using the the stone from that mound to um line the tracks at rendlesham i'm not sure exactly where they used it but you know the the stone there is very high in um quartz and so maybe that accounts for a lot of the orb type activity that's been seen there so they 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 dug these yeah bodies or yeah obviously they didn't know they were there alex they were no. just excavating for the stone because when they come to them i think the land belonged to um greenall and he agreed for them to do a proper archaeological dig then and that's when they um you know they stopped all mining and, and, the stone there and it was just after that then that the ufo sighting yeah it was the same time same time yeah how odd yeah yeah i think that, that there could be a connection there don't know and of course barrow mound a lot of people don't realize this that's where john burrows ended up on the first night overlooking the yesterday there and you right. worked out we got there because to get there you can't get there um without getting wet you know through roads and that very difficult even in daylight but i think there were seven but he did um, have to traverse one wide um, river or dike. They got wet. But um, when you look at it, you think, how the hell did he get there in the time, you know, that it took? So, yeah, I mean, that's a, he that's will a tell long... you, you don't know. What, was he um, abducted and dropped off there? You don't know. And that also... Was, look, well, that was a long walk, wasn't it? That yeah, was a long oh, walk. Yes. Yeah. When you look at Colonel Holt's... Um, statements not statement because he didn't make a statement but what he said over the years he said he was overlooking the river so couldn't have been from where he said he was in that second farmer's field because you can't see it from there no i'm just thinking in my mind no you're looking out over cable green and the, the farmhouse yeah. yeah so if you crossed over from um, that field they call cable green nowadays then go on to the second field, which is second farm's field. There is a bit of a rise on the right-hand side, but you still can't see the estuary. The only way you can see it is from the top of Barrow Mound. 
but I'll be blowed. I never knew that. Yeah, but the, the thing is, Alex, um, no, no one really know where they were or ended up. So you can have all the landing sites put on your map. The truth is, no one really knows. They don't. They've all gone to different sites in the past. Fascinating. Yeah. But um, I'll say I, 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 I know where you mean. I mm. think I know where you mean. But um, I haven't actually been there yet. But I will do. I'm going to have a look into this because it sounds quite yeah. interesting. Yeah, well, I can send you all the information I've got on it to give you a start and the map and different mm. things and take it from there. But, I mean, that's important. I mean, where else in that part of Southern? You've got Sutton Hoo down the road, didn't you? Mm. And people don't realise that um, the king, King Raidwell, they, they think it was, was never found in the burial mound, you know. Every, everyone else was there, but not him. So where was he buried? He could be buried in Rendlesham Forest, you don't know. I didn't know that either. <laughs> yeah, no, he was not buried there. They, they got all his treasure, his mask and things like that, and his horse, the bones were there from his horse, but no um, King Redwell. Well, well, well. I don't remember, I don't even think that came up in the film. I mean, I, I said about the film, The Dig. It's a very good film. Yeah, go. I enjoyed that, yeah. But they missed the most important part. Yeah. How did they know where to dig? Well, do you, know because... what, do you know how they knew where to dig? Because she saw the spirit people. That's right. Mrs. Pretty yeah. saw the um, spirits on the mounds. Uh, but they missed that. They omitted that bit. So yes. it's, it's like yeah. the bloke turns up on his bike with a shovel and says, oh, well, we dig there. The farmer. <laughs> her yeah. No, her gardener. The gardener, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. So they missed the most important part of that film out. It's a shame, yeah. really. Yeah, you don't, really, you don't really know what's been um, raped out of them mounds before they even done that dig. You know, could have been all sorts taken. Well, to anyone who's not been there, or even if they've been there, when you consider, mm -hmm. I don't know, five, six, seven hundred years ago, Sutton Hood, it was all one. It was all one place, wasn't it? It was all one. Yes. Yeah. All one forest. Yeah. Yeah, but it's, it's it fascinates me there. It's um, I've seen things there, and I've seen two UFOs there. I've seen spooky people, shadow people in Rendlesham. You're talking in about. Rendlesham, yeah. But all of a sudden, maybe a year ago, it just went quiet. Just went, yeah. it, it went that's how I found it as well. Just absolutely sterile, dead. Excuse mm. the pun, but it was, yeah. Dead, and then we started to move across to the other side where we went Friday, and that's the first time when we first went there about four weeks ago that we've had any activity. Um, yeah. I don't know what why, why it's gone, what gone that way. Um, whether a bit like uh, the spiritualist game, I think it's been overdone. Mm. You know, maybe that's what it is. It's it's yeah. So, maybe uh, that area where the forestry commission has put the UFO trail in has just ruined it. That's just you know. And they cut loads and loads of trees there. They did. Yeah. Not even any animals in there anymore. But it's such a shame. But it fascinates me, and I, I, I've been looking into it for ten years now. Yeah. Um, and that's gone ever so quick. Yeah, ten years. Where would ten years. Be? That's gone ever so quick, and uh, I mm. still don't know anything. And then I met you. Mm. <laughs> Friday, mm. and there's even more stuff coming out about it. Yeah. And I, I, I suppose, mate, people on here get a bit fed up with um, hearing about Rendlesham. I don't know, but 
we talk about all sorts on here, so it's not about them. But yeah. it often often turn goes back to Rendlesham. It's such a fascinating place. But I've been to um, Thetford and I've not felt anything there at all. But people tell me there's stuff going on. So yeah. I, I think it depends. Mm. It depends if you can pick up or not. But I, I find the whole thing fascinating. Yeah, certainly a, a, the forest is definitely holding some secrets. Hmm. There's some weird stuff happening in that forest. Yeah, not all good. Well, no, as I said, the first night I went there with Derek and Elaine's brother, and uh, I was told to leave them alone. You was told by the ancients? I was told by somebody standing next to me, leave the ancients and aliens alone. Hmm. And I thought, I think I will. Yeah. yeah. I've never come across anything like that, but I've got to a track and I've not wanted to go down it. Mm. And I've backed up and disappeared. I've had things thrown at me. Um, don't know. I, I, but I was, I was going there all the time because I lived not far from there. I lived uh, don't know, sort of five minutes away, really. Mm. And I used to be there all the time. And it's like they got used to you. Sounds a bit stupid. I but think they get used to certain people as well. Yeah, I think so. But since yeah. I stopped going there regular, mm. but I've had some experiences in there, and I, um, I'm not saying they're good. No. Um, and then it could have been man-made. I don't know. I don't know. But I'll keep going there. I'll keep mm. going. It fascinates me. Yeah. But the thing is now with man-made things, with drones and stuff, you're never really going to know, you know, what you're seeing. If you see something in the sky shoot past you, you didn't know whether it was someone messing about with a drone or what it is. But when you see it do things that are impossible to do with a drone and with, you know, man-made, um, I, th I think you mentioned to me about you, I don't know whether it was a craft or a light that split into three you saw, and I didn't realise until I got home, it reminded me of something when I was out there one night, and I was out there with Brenda Butler, and Bev, who's her, I think it's her niece, or I think it's her niece, and Gordy Goodyear. Mm -hmm. And Brenda had been telling us that on the track where the East Gate is, if you look and stare, you'll see a white orb. She said, I've seen it loads of times. So we stood there, all four of us, on the bar gate, looking up and right enough, all of a sudden, this white orb appeared. And that was like a milky white, and about 200 yards up the track. And that seemed to get either bigger and smaller, or that was getting further away and closer. And that was doing this for ages. And at one time, I said, I'm going to go and, you know, stand near it. And so I did. I walked on the track. And when I got there, I couldn't see anything, but they could still see this orb. Mm. When we got back, we we're looking at it, trying to make out whatever it was. That disappeared down to a tiny, tiny, intensely white, bright light, and then shot up in the sky like blue, red, and green lights like a firework going up. There was no no aeroplanes, no drones, no fire. This was something that came from the ground. And we all stood there. We all had cameras. No one captured it on film. <laughs> we all stood there with our mouths open. What have we just witnessed? You know, and that was strange because she'd just been telling us, you know, that she'd seen this thing. Not explode into three pieces. But one of the airmen who I got to know quite well, she... um. She was involved a bit with the Reynolds and Forest incident, but she was into the paranormal 
big time. She used to go out at the forest and to see, she wanted to see these craft that weren't from this world. And countless times she said she saw a craft that split into two or three. Yeah, that one that came above our heads at uh, Bentwater was me, security guard, and this other guy. I don't just meet him. And it come above our head and it, it did its, it split the segments. And you could see the sky, black sky. And it just went whoosh. But you know, I talk to people about this, but no one's interested. But they, they sit there talking about all other stuff. And I think. I know, same old stuff all the while. Yeah, it's like. <laughs> I, I was doing something a while back and it was, no one's interested, so I don't bother anymore. But I've had a couple of experiences with them. And, yeah. I, and I talk about Rendlesham a lot and people probably get fed up. But you've got to go there and experience this stuff. I mean, the night, that it was a Saturday evening when them two headlights appeared. And I've looked and there's no way you get a car in there, let alone turn one round no. facing the track. Uh, yeah. It was another afternoon. We got chased out of there. Yeah, but you know all about that. Yeah, uh, the, the the American Airmen have told me time and time again that they were chased out of there by um, like monks and also yeah. like devil worshippers. Yeah, yeah, for a better um, witch covens and things like yeah. that. You know, they, they they wouldn't talk to you about the um Rendleton Forest incident, but they're happy to talk about how they were chased back to the base in the Jeep by these people. Practicing well, the, 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 these were humans. Yeah. Mm. There was something going on there, and I, I've not really spoken about it. It's probably going back about five years now. And uh, we certainly weren't welcome. No. Don't know what they were up to, but... Yeah. Did, did um, you know the Alliston Crowley Society meets there? Yeah, we mentioned him on here um, two weeks ago, I think, Alistair yeah. Crowley, yeah. Yeah, yeah he, he did his magic. We, we were there, again, I'm talking to you, but obviously I've got these other these guys watching this have heard this anyway. But we were there about three or four months ago. Mike was with us, who's on, who was watching us. And it was a very calm day. And I mentioned Alistair Crowley. And with that, the wind picked up. Really? Oh, I've had it happen. And, and uh, <laughs> obviously, you could say it's coincidence. Say what you like. But I think that was to do with him. Yeah. Whatever it is, what's there, whatever the phenomenon is, that knows you're there and that's, in, that's, that's that knows your next move and that's in charge of whatever, that's in control of everything. You know, just. I, I agree. And, you know, I definitely, when I was going there regular, it was like they knew you were coming in. You, they knew. Yes. Yeah. You know, you can talk to people. They just think you're, you know, need to go and see somebody. But they knew, and I know they watch you. They're watching you as well. Yeah. But all of a sudden, it's just gone very, very quiet. It's such a shame, which is why I'm fascinated by this Barrow Mound. Yeah, yeah. I, I need to go and have a look at that. Well, I can send you all the information I've got mm. on that. And uh, you know, there's proper archaeological archaeological digs there as well. It's, um, it's fascinating. Elaine's point. It was a tunnel wind. Yeah, but I'm wondering if anyone, if anyone's ever been, um, I'm not going to say that word possessed, but uh, anything attach themselves to anybody. Sometimes, if you you go like say this. Um, 
I don't do ghost hunting or nothing. I've got enough going on here. I don't need to go looking for them. Yeah. But <laughs> sometimes you can have something attach itself to you. Yeah. I've, I've, I've seen that at Rendlesham. I, I've yeah, often wondered, yeah. There was a chap there. Um, all I know is his name was John, and he looked like um, something like a hobbit. He had long beard. Very, very intelligent to do with the stars. That's where I first met him. We were stood overlooking um, the farmer's field and looking at the stars, and he was telling me how many like, years away everything was, and it, he knew his, his stuff, everything like that. Well, he was a friend of Brenda Butler's and um, a few of the other people there. I think Peter was his name. And um, they witnessed something going into him and coming out of him. And he was never seen again. They reckon that he, whatever whatever it was, he took it home with him. Hmm. And and that affected him because he weren't the only one. There's, um, you know, uh, we, we, had, we had friends who've been down there and they've died under, I suppose, mysterious circumstances. You know, car crashes and things on the way in. Well, hmm. you know, I've met Chris, Chris Nash. Yeah, I, I loved Chris. Lovely bloke. Yeah. And um was down there was with um Christine from Whispering Nights this particular it was it was well, no, it was about six o'clock news, but it was dark. And see this light coming towards us along uh, from Eastgate. Mm -hmm. And uh he went, You're Alex, aren't you? I said, Yeah. He said, Oh Chris, you know. And he asked me, the first thing he asked me was, did I see anything dark around him? I thought, here we go. I've had all this myself. <gasps> oh, this dark energies around all this nonsense that these so-called mediums and that, they, they make you more frightened, don't they? You know, it's like when I was younger, you know, oh, there's this, this thing around. Well, maybe there is, maybe there isn't. But I said, no, there's nothing, mate. What's the matter? And he, he explained things to me. And um, about, about a week later, he got killed. Yeah. Well, a little while after that, I went down to Rendlesham and I had my granddaughter with me and uh, some friends from Ipswich. And the guys from Ipswich, I, no, I didn't tell them anything. This was at Eastgate car park. And he said, we can, we can hear like bacon sizzling. <laughs> said, oh, yeah. That'd be Chris having a barbecue. Yeah, and I didn't say that. <clears throat> My granddaughter, she said to me, um, your friend is telling me he won't give you any more information because what happened to him could happen to you. Oh. And I thought, whoa. Yeah. Well, my granddaughter the next night came with me to do one a gig. She's what, 22, 20 then, maybe 20. And uh, she'd never sat in circles or anything. And she come and sat and she got up and gave this amazing message. And one was to Vanessa. That's how I got to know Vanessa. Mm -hmm. And I thought, well, she's doing this. She must have, she knew nothing about this, Chris. Anyway, I didn't say no more. And then a few months later, I put something on Facebook 
and I've got a like from Chris. <laughs> so, bloody hell. Yeah, you know, yeah. people know me, they know I don't make things yeah. up or anything. I, I, I don't do all that sort of thing. I don't no. need to do all that. But yeah. um, I got a message. It could have been from one of his family. I think he had a sister. I don't know. But that was, we're going back, what, five, six years now. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. The, the, the guys from Ipswich, they, they honestly didn't know. <laughs> they could hear, hear the bacon. That was him, Chris, yeah. having his barbecue. Yeah. The East Gate is, a, I think that's a very, um, the veil is very thin down at the East Gate. Um, have, you, have you ever been down there and smelt germline? I uh, don't know. Uh, there's there's a phenomenon down there where you're standing about there and all of a sudden you'll get a whiff of germaline. And the American airmen reckon that was the, um, I think they called him Tail End Charlie or something. Oh, yeah. One of these airmen, that, um, a Luftwaffe pilot who was captured and supposed to haunt the East End. Well, the, mm. the airmen I've spoke to, they're convinced that it was real. Now, I don't know whether they were told these stories by you know the, the the officers to keep them from going off base and, and looking for things like that but there is definitely you'll get a whiff of germaline and it's always at that east gate well again for those that have heard this before and i you know, can't help sometimes repeat yourself can you but for those who haven't talk about tailing charlie the german as you walk from and anyone who's watching this who's never been to rendlesham it's well worth a visit so when you when we're talking about it, you might get an idea in your mind if you ever go there where we're talking about. But I went across the road there from the Eastgate car park, and there's a, a like a big crater, massive crater. I, know. I don't know if you if you remember yeah, it. Yeah. And I was walking along there on my own, and two German airmen appeared in full flying here and they said to me we're sorry for what we did and what we were about to do and they crashed that's what happened and yeah. they told me if they were flying a high angle now i haven't told many people that because they people think i'm mad anyway but that's what i was told yeah. so the germany thing but what i've got is a photograph of with elaine's husband simon took a picture and in between the the mesh and the gate is I is called it says it like that Stephen King film yeah yeah it where'd that come from it was pitch black yeah but I've, I've spoke to airmen who were um mostly the people who were put down on the gate because it weren't normally that weren't normally manned late at night it was normally manned doing alerts or if they had something else going on because they used to close it about six seven eight o'clock because it was um and lock it up because that was um, used as a cut through between the two bases. But the airmen, I've said, they were they were terrified in there, and they would sit inside that little hut. There's nothing like what it is now. Well, it's just like a little wood sentry. And yeah. they'd sit with their back to the wall and their feet on the door to stop anything coming in. Well, mm -hmm. there might have been a few pranks played, because I do know airmen mm. who like, like playing pranks, especially if someone was a bit green and been there long. Well, I, 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 thought, I thought about it now. I... I was walking down towards that crater and I thought I saw a bloke in the bushes. Now we know that I think it's the paratroopers that are there. You often see them on the, yeah. you know, running through exercising. Not a good lot of lads actually, always say hello to you and that. And I often think, I wonder if sometimes if it's them having a bit of a game. Mm. 
Yeah. But I don't think it... It looks like Alex has dropped out. Keep talking, Ronnie. What do you want me to talk about, Elaine? Um, what off again? Hey, there it is, Alex. You oh, dropped out. Oh. I was then thinking, what am I going to say? You see, talking about this last Sunday, started earlier tonight. Mm. It's uh, I don't know whether it's them. I don't know if it's the storm. I haven't got a clue what's going on here. But um, anyway, got some questions and things here. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I could. Uh, I, I don't know. Sometimes I suppose maybe we we end up on them and probably maybe bore people, but. I just find it fascinating and it's like if anyone does go down there i mean i can see it in my head so as you've been going there long enough but i would say to people want to be careful where you go because you can easily get lost in there oh christ you can yeah and i, I have three times now and that don't matter how long you've been going there and there's weird things happening in that forest as well i was telling you the other day when i was down near a tracy munger we turned a corner and we was miles away from where we should be we, uh, I went down there with uh, an old friend, Brian, Brian Woods, he's sadly not with us anymore. It was a Monday morning and we went for a wander. I thought, oh God, where, where, are we, where are we? And we bumped into this old lady with a dog, a little dog. Oh, she said, um, I'm going to the farmhouse. I thought, really? And this was way in the forest. This was deep in. Yeah, yeah. And she said, if you turn right, she said, you'll go past a house where you hear the voices. Didn't find any house. Didn't hear any voices either. But no, we found our way back to Eastgate. I mean, Holt knew about that as well, because when we was, at, we was at one of the conferences, I think that was as far back as 2010, these two old ladies turned up and they told the organisers and also Linda Melton Howe that um, Colonel Holt had took them out to the forest to show him the house that had, had vanished. And then all of a sudden he denies ever seeing anything, um, knowing anything about it. Well, who this old lady was, she might have been a spirit for all I know. Oh, yeah. I don't I really don't know. Yeah. But she she, she told us, we, we we were in there, I thought, I don't even know where we are now. I was I was completely baffled in there. Um, Mike's put a thing up here. I have to use use the rods to connect. They did come through Friday, but weekly. Otherwise, a weekly, yeah. Otherwise, nout. Yeah, Mike uses the rods to, to do the connecting. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, Debbie. Started seeing people in my house since my mum passed. A boy in my lounge and a girl in my bedroom. Could be my twins in spirit. And a man in my room. Why all of a sudden are they visiting? I'm not well, so worried. <laughs> I don't think they come. To so will I be? But yeah. um, I say I get I've, nothing's going on here. I, I just kind of give up sometimes. But yeah, it could be your twins, your your brothers, yeah, and sister. Why the man's in there? The only thing I can think of, Debs, would it be your dad? Because he, you know, he's been gone. I think a few years now, hasn't he? Your, your dad. 
Whether that makes you feel any better or not, I don't know. <laughs> but, I would ask him. I would ask him. Yeah. I mean, as I said before, I'm the biggest wuss in the business, Ronnie. I really am. Mm. I'm the biggest. I know I do what I do, but, you know, because I've been through it all my life, I think it's instilled in you to be nervous. Yeah. Um. Chuck me on screen in case you go off again. I'm not on cam though, lol. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Come on in. Come, come on. Come on in. It's like having a seance, isn't it? We'll be lame. Come on. No, she's there somewhere. <laughs> um, Debs, they're probably there making sure you're okay. Yeah, that's been gone 16 years well it could be couldn't it? it could quite easily be your dad but it's you know people, people say to me these spiritualists and it oh talk to them it's all right as people say talk to them when it's on your own and you've got things going on it's not so clever so i can understand why people don't want to say say anything to yeah. them but it might be worth a might be worth a try. Um, I, I don't know. I feel they just come in to kind of look after you and uh, make sure you're all right. I, I get, I've had all my life, like you, Ronnie, you started when I was four. Mm. And I know this thing about looking and giving me hints and tips and things. And I, I, I accept it, but um, still make me jump. Oh, Christ, yeah, I told you. In my last house, the two times I see an apparition, I screamed like a banshee. <laughs> and I was convinced, I was determined the second time when I knew it happened again, the second time I'm going to keep calm and I'm just going to look up and down and take it all in. But what did I do? Opened my eyes there in front of me, screamed like a banshee again, and where'd he go? I was wrong. Tell us more about Randy Forrest, Ronnie. I was wrong. <laughs> They're not bored. Okay. Oh, you, Ron. <laughs> well, what do you want to talk about? Um, people might not realise, the you know the, the field that they now call Cattle Green, the farmer's field, where mm -hmm. the finger of trees is. I had my worst ever experience there. Um, fr frightened life out of me. So there's one part there at the very end of the thing that I will not go back there again. It didn't just frighten me, frightened life out of my dog as well. But to the right-hand side, looking out to sea, from the finger of trees is on the right, they had an archaeological dig there. And they left, they found um, countless amounts of artifacts, but they left them all in situ. Now, the, the farmer who owned the field, he wanted planning permission to put an irrigation tank in there. So that was part of the deal. Suffolk archaeology had to go there. But that whole field is absolutely littered with Bronze Age and later um, settlements. So, lot, lot, you know, that was a high activity down there. Called, they're called the Sandlands years ago. But the sand's right there. Yeah. The, sand, the, the Sandlands go right through to Phoenix, though, don't they? They do, yeah. 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 That's all the lowland stuff. But the, um, I forgot what I was going to say now about that. Done. It'd be nice, though. You know, I mean, a lot of the guys on here who come and watch us, some live in America or wherever, there's mm. not very many locals, but you know, we, we Elaine puts up every month we, we have a walkies. 
Sorry, cat's got to go out. Oh. <laughs> Stay. And um, we always ask people to come if they want to meet us and we go for a, for a walk, as we did the other day, you know. Yeah. Um, anyone's welcome. Yeah, that would be good to do a walk and go up to Barrow Mound. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'd like to maybe do it. wouldn't mind doing a live. Now I've got this yeah. uh, this portable thing here. Um, yeah. And the internet worked. It did work in the forest. I tried it a few weeks ago. Brilliant. So we can get a signal. But it would be good. Maybe you can come and we can do a live yeah. and, and do a... a yeah, well, I'm all right now. I can come anytime I like. I haven't worked shifts all my life and 12 hour shifts. There was never a suitable time because you've either got to get up early in the morning or leave to go at 10 o'clock for work. For... <clears throat> Michelle, could there have been a village, a village there? Yeah, there was. That's what Capel Green was. Capel Green was a village on the other side of the road, a settlement. That's how that's so. It's actually, if you look at the maps, looking out to the field that people call Capital Green, there's a road run at the back where the um, gamekeepers and the three cottages are. At the back of them is another field, which Colonel Holt calls the second farmer's field. And if you have a look at it, the um, dike, small stream, runs like a horseshoe, and inside that was the Capital Green settlement. Uh, also, Boudica, or I call her Bodicea, she was yeah. there as well, wasn't she? Her and her, her tribe, they were apparently there. Yeah. Uh, but they were further up on near track seven. Uh, well, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. So, mm -hmm. it's a, it's so much, I mean, I just find it fascinating. I find the whole of Suffolk, uh, all this part of Suffolk, absolutely fascinating. With the witch trials, uh, Rendlesham, and mm -hmm. all the other stuff that's gone on. Absolutely yeah. fascinating. The, the last time I was out near Barrow, I just reminded myself of this, Barrow Mound, I was with Brenda, and um, I was trying to work a way that an airman could get there without getting wet. And so I'm stopped on the roadside next to a, a farmer's house and taking photographs, and the farmer came out and wanted to know what we was doing, really. And I said, oh, and I explained to him, and he was all right with that. And he said, actually, two weeks ago, we had something land in our field out the back. I said, what do you mean, like a helicopter or something? And he went, no, that was a big orb of light. He said, and I was so terrified, I went inside to get my shotgun because I've got kids inside. He said, but when I come out, he said, I loaded both barrels, just disappeared. So stuff was still going on down there. I mean, that was about three or four years ago, maybe even five, I'm not sure. But that's recent. I remember uh, I had a chat with that guy in, was it Folly Cottage? Yeah, when yeah. He first moved in, and um, I, haven't, I haven't seen him since because I, mm. I thought I'll ask him some questions you know, after he's yeah. been there a little while, but I don't know if they see anything or not. Um, yeah, well, apparently they do, yeah. I haven't had a conversation with him, but I know people who have for a film, and they've told them that, yeah, they've seen lots of activity there. Yeah, I always thought that would be a nice little learner, that place. Bed and mm. breakfast, you know. Cool, yeah, wouldn't it? And do tours. And do tours, yeah. Yeah. Ronnie, what scares you most? The living or the dead? My girlfriend. <laughs> ah, well. That's a no-brainer. 
No, I'm not scared of the. I'm not scared of the um, spirit, but I am scared of some stuff that you you don't know what it is because everything isn't always what you expect it to be, is it? You know, when I this thing happened to me in, in that farmer's field, um, and it's hard to describe it, and I'm even going to try, but that frightened the life out of me because that was something that was not from this world, and I felt I was. I don't know how to explain this, but I felt I was taking me over. I had to get away from there, and the only way I'd get away from there was to run. And my dog didn't need no encouragement. He was <laughs> yards ahead of me. <laughs> but it was nasty. And I've spoke to him and since, and they, they've, they know what I'm talking about because they've had similar things happen to them when they were there. But we, um, we'd done a radio show several, several years ago. I think it was 2012, something like that. And that was for Compass Paranormal which was an events company, and Felix Stowe FM, that's called The Witching Hour. And we're in that field, and that had been ploughed deep, before the fence was put there, that was ploughed deep for carrots. And so I'm taking them to the my first return to the end of the finger of trees where this thing I felt was trying to possess me. And um, we stood there, and while we stood there, footprints started appearing around us, just like little footprints in the mud. But they weren't like deer footprints. These were like a child's footprint, like five toes, a heel and a sole. And they were around us. And that freaked the other two guys out. Well, one of them was uncontrollable. We had to make our way back. But these were all the way. And there was nothing in the field. So there was no um, crops in there at all. But every now and again, you could hear <laughs> like someone was running past you. And we made it out of the field. All hell um, was let loose that night, and they were they they got enough information to know that there's more to it than, than meet the eye. But that was the scariest thing, and that was where I told you, Alex. Um, Richie Mott took a photograph over his shoulder, and when he looked at it, there was a little girl stood there, and she would have been about the the age of what these footprints were. Well, before they took the trees down. I mean, a lot of the guys have seen my photos, and I've got photographs of monks and all sorts. Mm. Um, but I used to see a little girl, and she had black eyes. I used to see her all the time. I've got photographs of her. Yeah, I've heard about the girl with black eyes. It might yeah. be you who told me out. Yeah, she's got yeah. black eyes. Yeah. And um, oh, I can't want to say now. I've got that yeah. brain fog. <laughs> oh, yeah, I've, I've told the guys in there before. I used to have a little motor sailor like the, the uh, key and um, when you come up here um, you talk about little kids foot, footprints but on, on, on the uh, on the seating the fiberglass seating I used to find the tiniest little fingerprints little little fingers yeah in black it was and I regret not taking photographs of them now. Mm. That was some kid. Obviously some tight... I don't know, used to find things moved. and I've never got to the bottom of that. But... Yeah. This, you know, this little girl, she looked like a proper waif and stray. She, she looked like, you know, um, Les Miserables poster with a little girl with the curly hair. Mm. She looked like her. That was what the image looked like. I've got some new people on. Oh, Barry. Hello, mate. Jan. Is Alien Bill? 
Alien Bill. Old Bill's often, yeah, he's lurking around. Yeah, nice to have some uh, new people on here. Oh, and uh, Derek, my friend of mine, Derek Spall, he's on here tonight. Um, this is interesting, Ronnie. I was told by the monks there is an entity that has been left behind by the 1980 event. It isn't deliberately malicious, but will harm you if you come across it. It was following us away from the UFO site that day. Yeah, yeah well, he told yeah. me about that. This thing, this thing, mate, this um, entity, when I spoke to a couple of the airmen who were um, most well known for the RFI, one of them who don't talk to anyone, he told me, I know exactly what you mean because that's what I saw and that happened to me. So maybe that's it. Maybe that's this thing what was left behind. I mean, we don't, we'll never know what happened. No. I don't think that's any one thing. I think loads of things happened there that night. As I say, since they've taken all those trees down, it's gone quiet. But yeah. having said that, as we've moved to the other part of the forest, Elaine, yeah, uh, and, and uh, we went up there a few weeks ago, was uh, Simon, Elaine's husband, said to me, take a picture. He said, I feel someone around me. Mm. But then we heard the footstep foot, or people treading on the, the, the leaves. Yeah. And that was coming towards us and there was no one there. And I've mm. got to be honest, that was a little bit... That is unnerving. That was a little bit even. Yeah. Good point. Why would removing the trees make a difference? I don't know, but it has. Well, well it's the same reason as when you remove stone from a building. Um, mm. They call it residual energy. That's mm. within the fabric of the tree or within the, the building. That's why when buildings are knocked about, that's normally um, sparks off paranormal activity. Debbie, what happened in 1980? Uh, that uh, take a long, long while. It's a, a series a, over a few nights, UFO sightings. Yeah. And, yeah and you, 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 you look this up on. Um, yeah, yeah, you find YouTube. plenty of it. It's, it's a load of it. Yeah. Um, but it has gone quiet. But I, there again, I've said before, I know the people think, but the spiritual stuff, the, the, the mediumship stuff, mm. I think that's gone. gone. I don't do it now. I've stopped. I, I might do once a month somewhere, but I, I don't do it. I still get stuff coming through for myself. But I think it's kind of like um, overloaded. Do you know what I mean? It, it, I know exactly what I mean. Everybody's at it. Everybody's the medium. Everybody's doing, and I, I don't know. It, it, I don't have to say with Rendlesham and, uh, and what was going on in there. Maybe we've overdone it. Yeah, well, yeah, overdone it, and also I think you're getting an overload of information that gets harder and harder to sort it all out. And, and of course, you got. Human, I don't know why this come from, but we've got the human element as well. We're all in there, aren't we? Yeah, of course. Yeah. You know, uh, giving up all this stuff. Mm. But I think it may be the last sort of 12 months. Uh, and I go down on my own and wander, and I just think, well, it's just, it's just sort of gone off the boil. I'm not even getting the photographs anymore. So. 
Yeah. I I'm talking about that. You, I've got a photograph. I've asked everybody this. It's on my Facebook page. I showed it on here last week. It's my daughter, Lisa. She's not on here tonight. Standing by that tree, overlooking Hable Green, up, overlooking the farmhouse. Yeah, yeah. And if you go on my Facebook, you can see it. Lisa and my granddaughter uh, are out of focus, but the tree isn't. And behind my daughter is some being, entity, if you like. Mm. I don't know whether it comes from, uh, like I say, part of son, who part, I don't know whether it was a soldier. But I've tried to replicate this photograph for the last sort of seven or eight years, and I can't do it. But if you go on my Facebook, it's on there. And I'd love to know your thoughts on this. Um, yeah. On this being, this entity. Yeah. But it was looking straight over Cable Green towards the farmhouse. Hmm. And there was four of us there that night. It was in, I think it was August. Yeah. I, I know there's a lot of people who say um, that that was... Um, there was nothing out of this world what happened at Rendlesham, and that was experimental craft and everything. But I told you about this when I met up with you on Friday, Alex. Um, I've got some friends who rented a house in Baddingham, which is just a few miles out of Rendlesham, called Twin Oaks. And um, that was a party house. There were several of the airmen rented at least it, but that was a place where people from pilots right through to the ground crew and the women especially met up for parties and they saw something happen there that was before the Reynolds and Forest incident when a craft came over that almost blocked out the sky that was so big and they saw that split in a different parts and then take oh, away. The same has happened to me. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, I've, I've told you, I've said, told people this, but they don't seem very interested. No. But the message that I got from that evening or that yeah. night the only thing I got was what you think is correct. That's yeah. what came into my head. And this thing split. I mean, the yeah. security guy was there, and this other we all watched this thing, and it just went. <coughs> <coughs> we haven't got anything that can do that. It was gone. And the size of it as well, you know, the pure size of it. But these um I never really got the story out of everyone because one of the um airmen, there was about half a dozen of them. We were going to have a Zoom conference that was in them days and write it all down because they wanted the story told. One of them died of a heart attack and they all started thinking that was the curse of Rendlesham again. And they sort of clammed up, but maybe that they might be ready to talk about it now. Mm -hmm. One of the women who's, I know she's told me her side of the story, but you really need it backed up by the others who were there as well. But they did open fire on entities. Did they? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I was talking to some some sort of old guys. Um, apparently, they were told to keep quiet. Mm. But I'm going back now, sort of 10, 11 years, where they did open up a bit about that night. Yeah. And I spoke to a, a young guy I met in the forest with his girlfriend. They were walking through the dog last year, the year before. And he said, what are you doing? So I told him, to, I'm just taking some pictures. And he said his mum... His mum witnessed something that night, and somebody else was chased by a UFO. So mm. it's there. People now just people won't don't want to come out and talk about it. Obviously, what well, they do, but they don't yeah. because they probably think they get laughed at. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, that was a career killer if you spoke about anything like that, especially if you was like a pilot and spoke about seeing the UFO mm -hmm. that, um, or even a radar operator. All of a sudden, you're grounded. You're working in the kitchen. You, you, you yeah. know, you're in and then she can understand them being quiet. But then there was the young airmen who were threatened other ways. You know, you know, mm. if you talk, this is what's going to happen. But even the people who civilians weren't allowed to talk about it. No, no, that. So, um, yeah, it's fascinating. But what's going on down there now? As I said, I don't know. Mm. But it's more there's it's other places there's Thetford. I've been there, didn't didn't feel anything in there at all. But other people have. Yeah. Thetford Forest. These woods out here near me threaten now. They're very active. If you want to um, scare Where's yourself, Frittenwood, Frittenwoods. I've been told to go there. Yeah. Vanessa, I think Vanessa mentioned it to me. Oh, yeah, she probably would have done because she's the next village at Belton. But they see these, um, more, more than one person, one person I know who was a sceptic told me they saw these big tall beings in there. And they went hunting them after they'd had a few drinks and they had the life scared out of them. <laughs> so, it's uh, very active wood. It's an old, an old ancient wood. Hmm. Jan, why can't they talk about it? They couldn't talk about it at yeah, the time. Yeah, they um the airmen. If she's talking about the airmen, they can't. Yeah, talk and then I think the civilians as well weren't allowed to talk about. Oh right, it. yeah, no. no, no. Um, if you was a civilian working on the base, you had a thing called a base pass. You talk about it, take your base pass away, and that did happen to a lot of people. You just take your base pass away, and so if you was a taxi driver or the guy doing the DJ or an entertainer, take your base pass away. That's that's it. You ain't going to get it back. Yeah. But I mean, we go, that was nineteen eighty. Things have changed since then, I suppose. People, the people are seeing more. We talked about more about UFOs then. Yeah, and because you got to remember in nineteen eighty, that was the height of the Cold War, and they were supposed to be, you know, on on the verge of a another war, weren't we? Mm. So you ain't gonna talk about it. You know where you're gonna go. If you talk about it, you're on your way home. There was plenty mm. sent home from Rendlesham. Was there really? Uh, yeah, Woodbridge and Bentwaters, yeah, loads disappeared back. Yeah, and mostly those who spoke, you know, talked about it. Whether they were there or not, if they talk, next thing you know, they're, they're sent out. And, and Bonnie Templin was um, a flight chief. She was a black flight chief, which was really unusual in them days. And on the second night, in between the first and the, the second incident, she was responding to a call from an airman called Bonnie Templin, who was down at the East Gate, and she witnessed a craft come over the runway. Well, if it comes over the runway, you better call it in. And she did call it in, and they sent her and Bob Ball out. And on the way, they crashed the truck into the woods. And she, they say, emptied her machine gun into something that was in the woods and was screaming, they're in there, they're in there. The next day, she was... Aeroflighted out, gone. Cool. Yeah. yeah, so well, I know the person who picked him up on the road. That's a female truck driver. And she picked him up and she said they were had a look of terror on their faces. They were terrified. Cool. I, 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 I don't think I'll go down there anymore. Um, <laughs> but... <laughs> well, that was the reason the truck went off the road, because a blue orb flew 
through the windscreen into her truck. And she went off the road. But didn't they say that night? I mean, I, I went to one of these conferences. I've never been to one in Woodbridge a few years ago. And it was some general, I think it was a general, colonel. And it said the same thing happened in America, one of the bases, where the UFO fired lasers down because yeah, they, the, they, they dismantled the nuclear. Yeah, weapon. ordinance. Yeah. Yeah. They actually, they, they, what they done on that one was they altered the coordinates of the ordinance, which is even worse. They didn't just deactivate it; they altered the coordinates. Right. Yeah, that would. I think you're talking about um, Captain Salas, and he was in charge of twenty Minutemen nuclear missiles in his base, and one by one they were taken offline because this big UFO was hovering outside the gate. Yeah, yeah. that's why I don't think there'll ever be a nuclear war. Because I think no, I think I'll stop it. Yeah, the, the, I think it would have been by now. But, you yeah. know, they, they'll stop it. Definitely stop it. But yeah, this but, guy, I think he was a general. He stood up and did did a chunk. So I was at Woodbridge, and um, he said the same thing happened at one of the big bases one in America somewhere. Yeah, the same thing. They shut everything down. Yeah, that would have been Captain Salas. He's done. Oh, was it? There before he stopped talking now he's he's well he's at the age now where he doesn't need to keep going on the road but he's he's had enough of it now and he's he says he said everything he's got to say but amazing amazing story final bit about rf the runway at rf woodbridge lines up perfectly with the focus of cobra mist at orford well i was over orford Offered Ness yeah. four weeks ago. What a place that is. You and went you, over there. Hey? You went over there. I've been over there twice this year. Oh, yeah. yeah, went over the hottest day, a friend of mine, and um we went back, got the boat, because National Trust now. And yes. uh instead of oh, couldn't walk around there. And they did a tour. You, you go in a like a trader thing and they, they take you out on a tour. About three hours. Mm. I'll tell you what, it's amazing. Yeah. And what went on there is nobody's business. Oh Christ, there was a lot went on there, and and even when they said that was shut down, they were still, they might have been changed the name, but there were still people working from there. Oh, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I've got a thing here from Alien Bill. I keep losing me place on this. <laughs> Do this every week. Has Ronnie seen? Are I forest what they call yambler gamblers flying around? See one of my free visits there. Kevin Goodman called them this name. I've seen it does not the, the orange orbs. Must be what he it must be what he means. Yeah, you're talking about the orange orbs, Bill. Must be, mustn't it? Yeah. Um, hold on. Just beyond Eastgate. Where where Bill saw the Ambler Gambler craft flying over the trees, treetops, yeah, stopped on its flight path, and then went in reverse. Yeah, mm. I've not seen that. Uh, another thing that's vanished from the from Eastgate, especially Eastgate, we used to see lots of little lights in the in the trees. Yeah, little tiny ping pong ball sized ones. These are, yeah, they, uh, yeah, and it was hundreds of them. Yeah, and they used to flip and go into. People probably say they're these 
those insects that sort of light up. I can't think what they're called. But they weren't. I'm sure they weren't. Yeah. And they'd be darting from one tree to another. Well, that's all stopped. That's That's gone as well. Yeah. Yeah, they used to. Uh, I mean, I've been up there for a while until I went up Friday over a year, I think, since I last went up. COVID happened, but I, I yeah, think, you used to see loads of lights in the in the trees there. I think the good days may be gone. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure whether the the lights that were in the trees and I've seen them on the ground, whether they were what they call earth lights or plasma or something um, that's natural rather than hmm. anything paranormal. Well, those what those. Flies called they look the fireflies, the fireflies. It could have, yeah, maybe it was. Though, well, I don't you know, get in there. Mm. Mm. but um, I've had you know, so I've had things happen, especially in the archery place, yeah. But that was still active because no, not many people go there, you see, yeah, yeah. These, um, these amber orbs that Bill's talking about, quite a lot of the airmen had witnessed them in the past and never really knew what they were. And I can't think of the airman's name now. Um, but he was stationed on a post. If you're going down the east gate and the gate's there, turn to the left, walk around where the perimeter fence is, turn right and left, and you'll see like the bunker there. And he was stationed there. Well, they saw an orange light in the woods, not high up, but halfway up the trees. And they thought at first that was um, lampage, you know, the people after the deer and stuff like that. And but this orange orb came towards him, and he says he went over the top, but he had his machine gun cocked and loaded, and as he puts it, ready to rock and roll. He says, I didn't know what it was, and I weren't going to take no prisons. But the strange thing about that person is he um after that happened, he woke up in the hangar. There's a hangar there where they I suppose they kept aeroplanes in, and he can't remember how long it'd been, nor even how he got there. Hmm. Which, like you say, how did they get to the other side of? Um... Yeah. This was um, Smitty. His name was Smith, but they called him Smitty. Yeah, yeah. What does it say, Colonel Holt? And um, was it John John Burroughs? Was it who ended up by the river? Didn't they? How did they end up there? It's... Yeah, I mean John Burroughs definitely did, but um, Holt has said in the past that he was overlooking the estuary. Well, he couldn't have overlooked the estuary from being in the second farmer's field. Oh, definitely. There's a, lot of, there's a lot of time missing there where, I mean, if you was pursuing something, you wouldn't just stay there. You would go. You know, you would follow it, wouldn't you? Mm. That's, I don't know. They'll never know. Mm. Mark saw him in Dundee six years ago. Those mm. ambler gamblers. Yeah, yeah. I'll have to look out for them. But I, I, I say I find it fascinating, and if anybody wants to go down there or meet up, we we do meet up. I think it's the second week, the yeah. month, uh, and but only in the daytime. Now we don't don't go down there at night. I wouldn't advise anyone who who's not protected and know how to protect themselves. I wouldn't advise anyone going down there um, on their own or in a small group at night time. Oh. I've been down there at night since 2017, mm. 2018. Mm. I never felt, I didn't feel threatened in there. I've got to be honest, I, I felt okay in it. Mm. But uh, when that guy told me to leave the ancients and aliens alone on my first night, I thought, that's it, I'm out of here. Yeah. 
There's quite, uh, a few, quite a few people who have investigated Rendlesham in the past who you never hardly hear of who have done an awful lot of investigation into the forest and they've all got a story to tell and have downloaded codes and drawings that they couldn't have come from their own minds. Mm-hmm. And that Smitty is one. He had download of um, ma- mathematical formulas. He don't know what it meant, but it came from somewhere. Yeah, we were talking about that the other day, weren't we? Um, I mean, it's like, well, mediumship, for example. I I get a lot of info, which I call downloads, or we call them downloads now. I think it's because mm. we come into this age and we have downloads. Yeah. And I don't, it's stuff I wouldn't even know about. People may not believe it. I don't, I don't know where it's come from, but I say stuff. And it is, it's they're feeding you all the time. I think once they know they can do it. Yes, once you're it. open to it, they'll once use it. Once you're open to it, they'll, they'll start. Yeah. Mm. Uh, a friend of mine the other night, or last week, she, um, one, she's not on it, so I won't mention her name. Um, she <coughs> wrote, wrote a lot of stuff uh, in like binary, I suppose you call it. Yeah. And uh, so I won't mention her because she's not on it, it wouldn't be fair. She's written pages of this stuff, and she don't know what it is. She's asked other people, and then we were talking about binary code, weren't we, on Friday? Yeah. And I wonder if that's what it is. Um, yeah. Mm. There's something coming out of it. Yeah. Well, um, Brenda Butler's when when she allowed me to go through all her archives, she had countless and countless books of binary code, not knowing what they were. And I sent quite a lot of them away to experts. I mean, you ain't got to be an expert to decipher binary code, but you have got to be an expert to decipher which binary code it is. And and then, of course, you've got to take into account, did she make some mistakes when she was writing that down? Now, 90% of them come back as gibberish, but 10%, there was a message there. And I'd hate to think how many she threw away. When she was having her roof done, I mean, she filled a skip full of papers and documents and books and notes. But you know, the, the how I found was there was too much information there, mm. and I didn't have the time to give it go through everything. But I'm sure there's something in the monster that isn't all in her head. No, definitely not. Yeah. And, and that's how I see it with what I do. Um, I will say, you know, I'm not clever enough to make this stuff up. No. And um, and why would you? No. And I never used to be that confident, but I'm confident speaking about this, which I know it's not me. It's not. Yeah. And um, uh, you, you think, well, what's this all about? And I've had stuff in Rendlesham. Um, but I've, I don't ever recall being scared. Is at night, yeah, yeah. Obviously, it's, it's pitch black in here, and, and it, yeah. as long as you stay to the area, you know, you don't go wandering off. I think you'll you'll be okay. But if you go wandering off into the woods, well, you never find your way. You're never going to get out there again. No, I've got um. <laughs> oh, there's a lane. No, oh, sorry. Oh no, next Randall should meet up 18th of November. Yeah, perhaps we can walk out to Barrow Hill. Oh, good idea. Yeah. Anyone want to come? Um, 
Debbie, if you go in the forest, is it really dodgy? I'll say, I think she's, that's what she meant, dodgy, because you'll end up lost in another part of it. Uh, no, that's only ever happened to me once. No. And fortunately, I was with someone else, and we the only way we could find our way out was the way. You know, we kept following the sound of the road, and then we was miles away from where we were. But I know someone who had a dog while went missing in Rendlesham, and only a few minutes later, that turned up miles away from where it should have been. Couldn't have run there in the time. I mean, if you just stick to the, the main track, yes, it signs it, doesn't it? Yeah. But it's if, like I did, me and my mate, we wandered in, into another part, and I have to say, I, I was getting a bit worried. Mm. And also, I come out of the bottom of track 12, and it leads to a road. I don't know if you know that. Right. Yeah, I know. Yeah. And I come out of here and I thought, well, just keep going. And it said, or for five months. I thought, well, what? Where are we? I didn't go back in the forest again because who knows where we're going to end up. Yeah. And I, know, oh, I think that's got to be three or four. <coughs> it was getting dark. And I thought, well, I don't know where we are. But actually found our way back to the car park. But three mm. times I've, I've got caught out in there. Yeah. Uh, only once. Um, you know, like when you get a brain freeze and your mind just won't think. I don't know what affected me that night, but I couldn't find my way home from from Rendlesham. Oh, from the for oh right, from the forest. No, I, but I just couldn't concentrate. I knew where I had to go, and I kept going round and round in circles, and that an awful feeling. It was like it wasn't me who was driving. It was not not a happy experience. But <laughs> I think I've probably done about twenty miles more than what I should have done. Good. And I, once you've been one, it's straightforward. I was getting yeah, but I ended up all over the place, and I just couldn't keep my mind straight. I couldn't. I often wondered: is is that the sort of thing that happened to Chris? You know, was was he unable to concentrate? Yeah, I've got, I've got. I think a few people have got um, thoughts on that that night. Mm -hmm. I think he was. I think he'd found something there. You know, yeah, because he was there every night, wasn't he? Yeah. Well, most night, nearly every night. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I tell you what, he's a braver man than me. I wouldn't want to sit there. And me, on his own. On his own. On his own camped out there. Oh, my God. Uh, I've, I was there with him one night when I first met him. I took a photograph or something, and it's like it's like two fingers, but they're like they're like lit up, These, but they're not fingers. I don't know what they are. Um. Mm. And I said to him, how could you see him? He said, that's all right, you know, there's nothing else going on. But I'm, I I, couldn't do it. No way. He came from quite a while. I think he was up Cromer way somewhere. Cromer, yeah, he came from Cromer. Uh, it's not just the, the the spooky stuff. It's the animals as well. Yeah. You know, those deer can get a bit nasty, can't they? Mm. And... Um, I don't know. I just think once the lights go out, now it's, it's time to go home, you know. Yeah. I can remember being in the farmer's field once and I was convinced I was looking at two greys in the middle of the field. You see two greys? I, I thought I had. Oh. So I got the person who was willing to stay there. I said, I'm going to, there's only one might find out. I'm going to approach it. And I was convinced that was two greys stood there. When I got there, that was two deer. That was the backs of two deer. <laughs> And you know, they have the white bit, 
with the dark bit, and that you would have sworn that was a couple of alien greys there. But that's what it was. Well, I, I come out, I went out of it on my own, come out of Eastgate, across the road, followed the track, and went across where the old, that old, there's an old building there. I don't know what that's used for. Um, Whereabouts are we talking? If, as you, if you come out of Eastgate, go across the road, and you yeah. follow that track, yeah. you come to a crossroads. Yeah. And on the and right is, building is, is, there. is an old building. Yeah, they used to put the deer in there when they had a cull. Ah. They put them in there and cover them with lime. And they uh, walked on from there, and that's where I used to see the little girl with the black eyes. Yeah. I did a left, I think it was there, and I like, <laughs> I could see all these eyes looking at me. It was in the daylight. I thought, oh, we cracked it here, mate. What's this? And I thought, I'm on my own, but don't worry. And there's probably about 20 pairs of eyes looking at me. Because I've got, of course, I'm a deer. Gutted. I was gutted. I thought I, I, thought I was going to. You thought you'd cracked it? I thought I cracked it with the aliens. Yeah. But they can be a bit nasty, those things. Um, when they're rotten, they can. Yeah, they call it rotten when they're breeding, yeah. But I was over the um, archery thing, my dad. One of them just come out. I don't know where it come from. Jumps, jumped from over over, over some mm -hmm. bushes. And just stood there looking at us. You know, who are you? <coughs> <coughs> but no, I, I think you've just got to be careful. And that's probably the night time. Is, is, again, you've got... You, you, you can't go there on your own. You could, you could easily have a, yeah. have a mishap, you know. Yeah, I had an unhealthy obsession to go in there at one time on my yeah. own. And I was to go there at 12, so that I got in at 3 o'clock, which was the time when most activity happened for me, and go in at 4. And then just one day I did get scared. And I thought, why am I doing this? It's stupid. You know, you wouldn't. Why do it to yourself? But I suppose I was always looking for something... What yeah. happened? Mm. Yeah, I mean, I go down there and I've got, I've got my photographs and um, I don't know how the camera picks them up. Someone explained it to me one day. But I I've, I think I probably may have felt a bit iffy in there maybe twice in 10 years. Mm. But there we are. It's uh, still holds a fascination. I love it in there. Has Ronnie heard of the Hermit's Hut at our... RF. I sat in there with Brenda Butler's cousin, Bev Beverly. Lots of spiders, but we had otherworldly visitors. Bev wasn't keen on the spiders. The hermit's heart. I don't know where I think is. we're talking about that brick building. I don't know of any other one in there. Oh yeah. That. And unless unless um Bill is talking about they have these activity groups that go down there now and make um wooden structures, you know, out of out of the uh, branches. Oh, okay. But I think a hermit's hat is that one. The other thing, again, I mean, I didn't was go. I quite enjoy talking about it. I'm sure people seem to be enjoying it as well. Mm -hmm. Um, somebody last year, I think it was last year, found a one of these made out of wood pentagram. Yeah, thing. yeah. And so I would imagine the witchcraft stuff is still going on there. Yeah, there's covens meet there. They advertise in the local papers. Don't they really? Yeah, they, oh, they, the Crowley Society still meet there. But there are witches' covens that advertise when they're meeting there next. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. 
So the witchcraft stuff is still going on, obviously. Yeah. I, th I think that area is pretty well uh, steeped in history of witchcraft from years gone by. Oh, definitely. Yeah. But would the witchcraft have affected what, what else was going on in there? Or the, the magic. Or the, the magic. Yeah. 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 Well, well, well. Yeah. So a pentagram necklace would protect you if you went. <laughs> I don't think anything would. No. Um, yeah, yeah, people. Um, I, I don't know. I, th I think if you just look around and you you don't interfere with anything, I think you're okay. But it's like people who go ghost hunting and all that sort of thing. I mean, I don't do it. Um, but I suppose that could turn a bit nasty, couldn't it? You know, um, you, you're sort of dabbling with things that you maybe shouldn't be dabbling with. I don't know. Mm -hmm. That's all dangerous stuff, isn't it? It is. Yeah. And I, I think the same with what goes on in that forest or any forest, mm -hmm. um, whether or Thetford or places like that. Epping Forest in London, I think that's, that's got a few bits and pieces going on. Yeah. Because it's all, all, all there what, a thousand years ago, wasn't it? Yeah. And that's been there, all, like I say, all, yeah, been there. for them years. Yeah. Um, We've got visual energy again, aren't we? Yeah. You know, something's been in all the facet track that's been walked for thousands of years, which a lot of the tracks were through the forest. So, you know, drovers' tracks and shortcuts through the villages and stuff. But, uh, yeah, I mean, we go back to the days of Robin Hood and all, all that sort of era. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, when you go to Dunwich, I mean, Dunwich had a, a nice Templar church there. That's under the yes. water with the rest of... That's under the water, yeah? That's under well, the water. I was there a couple of weeks ago. I haven't looked around a little museum there. Yeah. Very interesting. I mean, that was a big, big sort of port. You know the Blytheborough Church, what they call yeah. a cathedral yeah. on the mark? Well, there's Knights Templar um, gravestones there. That's right. I've, they, I've got a video on here. I've made a video. Yeah. I've got it. I used to use it on a Sunday night. Yeah, I, I spent a lot of time up there. Do you know about the Ghost of Toby Walks? Yeah, and the yeah, Ghost of Toby Walk, yeah. yeah. I think it was uh, done years ago. I think he was a black boy, weren't he? And they skinned him alive and hung him from a tree. Yeah, it was a, it was a black. He was a sailor. Oh, was he? I think he was a sailor. Did he steal a, steal a sheep or something? Something very minor. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, and he 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 walks, and we got black shuck as well. Yeah. Mm. Um. What's this? I don't know if they was. I don't. Know, I didn't put that on. I don't know if they advertise how interesting. Yeah, they're talking about the covens. Yeah, they do advertise. I've seen them do in they the paper. Really? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, so, you know, there's a long for lot going on. Yeah. And um, Are the Crowley Society, they advertised as well. Crowley, yeah, I know he was in there doing yeah. his stuff. Yeah, apparently he rented a house in Woodbridge. But... Did he? Yeah. Makes you well, wonder yeah. what he was working on, what is. Because didn't he have this alien person called Lamb or something that he supposed to mm. channel? Mm. Yeah, I think he was a you know very underestimated bloke. I, people say he was evil. He was this. He weren't. I, I don't. Maybe he was, but he was looking for something. 
something different, wasn't he? Um, he started his own religion, but he, people say me, "What are you looking? What are you looking for?" So I don't know. Mm. Looking for something, mm. and I doubt we'll ever find it. No, not in our lifetime. What's this? Maybe we'll find more out. It's, it's a wooden structure. I don't know about this, Bill. I don't know about this. Brenda sent pictures. Tiny entities came running around while stood outside. Came back at 1am and the light beard energy. Couldn't get the little entities on film. I don't know what it is, Bill. Mm. Must be going back a few years. Every living thing is an energy field, so a wood will have a lot of energy for things to use. Well, I'll tell you what, I've learned more about Rendlesham tonight than I have. Oh, this stacks in the window, it wouldn't just scratch the surface. Absolutely was... fascinating. Yeah, talking about the um, the coven, I will just tell you this story. Lound Lakes, you heard of them? Yeah. Lound, there's low stuff. I used to walk my dog there, and when I was on shifts, I'd come home at four in the morning. First thing I'll do is take fudge around there. And um, there's a part where everyone's allowed to walk. Then there was another part where you had a combination to the lock. Trusted people were allowed to walk around there. And I'm walking around there and I can see all these people chanting and, and dancing in the woods. And I thought, bloody hell, what's going on here? I could see like a bonfire and people dancing around, all these hooded figures. I thought, bloody hell. So I got a bit closer and I heard a child screaming. Well, that was enough for me. I got on my heels and I ran back and the first house I came to, which was probably about a mile away, I knocked the whole street up. <laughs> quick, quick, someone, a child is being um, sacrificed or something. So out come this local with a shotgun, two barrels, the wife, the daughter, the dogs, everyone. When we get there, they were filming mystery and imagination. <laughs> 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 they did see the funny side of it, but that did shit. I, I suppose they thought, who's going to be walking in the woods at that time of the morning? But oh, really right. me up. And because there was no, they hadn't parked any cars near the car park where you'd expect to see anyone. So they must have had another entrance somewhere where they parked. I remember that. Anglia Back in TV. the 60s, though, wasn't it? Yeah, Anglia TV. Mystery and imagination, yeah. Wow. We did have a good laugh about it, but that was scary. I really thought someone was going to be burnt at a stake or something. But gee, as we talk about um, Rendlesham and let's just say Rendlesham and what went on, do you, I don't suppose now anyone would worry about us speaking about this, but maybe they are. Because Well, I, I don't think they are because I've, I've done enough of it. And um, I wrote a chapter for John Burroughs' book, 66 Pages, which I've come pretty close to some things on there and never heard anything negative back about it. But it worries my girlfriend. She thinks someone's going to come and get me if I keep talking about things. That's what I wondered. Wonder. Yeah. I, I they, if, they, if they had it done, they would have done it before now, or at least you'd have had a warning. The, only, the closest thing I ever come to it, I was... I'm at the forest on my own, and I'm walking back down track 10 towards the car park. And there was a figure stood there and uh, with a lot of fedora cap on. And he went, you're Ron, aren't you? And I go, yeah. 
and he said, I'd like you to introduce you to my circle of friends. And I just said, I've got all the friends I want, thank you very much. And I carried on walking. But when I got to the car park, there was no cars in there. And afterwards, I thought, did I just have a ghost encounter? Did I imagine that? Did I have a ghost encounter? Or what the hell was he talking about? Want to introduce me to his circle of friends? Well, Maybe he was trying to warn me. I came back from Eastgate one day, a couple of years ago. And um, I think it was the first first track you come to, walking back to the car park. Mm. And I looked up the track, and there was two 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 blokes like looked like they were wearing crombies. Who wears a crombie yeah. in the forest? So I walked past. I thought I'm going to have another look. I come back, and there's only one man now, still walking towards me. And I went. Anyway, I can't run, you know, because obviously I've got that busted. <coughs> I'm telling you, I saw these two guys, mm. but then one vanished. But he had a crombie on, like a crombie type coat. Well, who would wear one of those in the forest? Who would wear a trolby hat at night time? Yeah. And that day, which was probably about four years ago, where we got these van, these these vans pulled in. There was a guy binoculars and all sorts of things going on the road. We left there, and there was a, there was this knocking under the car. I was, I got out. I was going to have a look. It's nothing, nothing wrong. And we're coming along that road towards Melton or Woodbridge. And this van, it's not one of these things in a film. This van transit man come flying past us cut us up and we're still getting this vibration in the car and i said just go back in the a12 go back just get get out of here the car was checked the next day nothing wrong no now i felt threatened that afternoon yeah. i'm telling you i did yeah. i don't know they were no and they well, i mean what, what I, are they doing I haven't followed there in the car before when i've been with company um but I just wondered if that was maybe their little game, you know, like the another parish and up the road in the rock barracks where they're just having a game with us to see if they could keep us under surveillance and stuff. And they've had the, the Apache helicopters buzzers on in Cattle Green, you know, and we're yeah. taking photographs of them, taking photographs of us. Right. I don't think we, they're interested in this. I think they're just letting us know that they can do it. We were in the archery club. Which is again, it's over the other side. About one, two in the afternoon. And I don't know how. And Steph, you say, I don't know where we're here. And this thing just come up from, in, from another field. We weren't near the airbase. We're the other side. Of, we're, we're the other side of the airbase. Mm -hmm. And you're right. I'm sure they use us as sort of a, maybe target yeah. practice or yeah. whatever. They're definitely watching. Yeah. Definitely. Oh, I think they're still watching. And when they say that, um, you know, the, the, the MOD and the government have got no interest in you, of course they have. Yeah. They always have done. I did know one girl, she's on my Facebook friends, fairly hidden. Um, you'd never know she worked for the MOD. But she was at a level higher than what Nick Pope was when he was there. Oh, and she, right. she told me he didn't get the meat of everything what went on. You know, he just got what they wanted him to have and that all went to other departments. Well, it's absolutely fascinating. I, I don't think I'll ever get fed up with that place. No, I think that's, 
I think that's a lovely place. And on a good day, it's a lovely feeling you get from there. But it has got a dark side of it. I wouldn't, oh, definitely. I wouldn't recommend anyone meddled, you know, with the dark side there because there's been a few people who have and they've come to a sticky end. Yeah, I'll say that to people. I wouldn't, I wouldn't mess about there. You've got to go and respect, really. Yeah. Mm. And I think you'll be left alone. But yeah, there are some, there are some strange stuff, strange things going on there. If Nick Pope is involved, I have doubts. <laughs> well, yeah, I can understand that. He's, I mean, I like Nick. He's carved himself um, a career out of nothing, really, isn't he? Fair dues mm -hmm. to him. Yeah, but um, he was the, when he was at the uh, what they called the UFO desk for them few years. He was just rubber stamp. He'll tell you he has said at Woodbridge before at conferences, sending out letters saying of no defence significance. And after all, they denied anything ever happened there. That was only through Brenda and Dot's um, dogged determination, that they got the, the Holt memo out. You know, that was they denied it ever existed. Of course they knew it existed. They were contacting us, come out in the file since, they were contacting the 8th Air Force to ask them how to deal with it. They didn't know how to deal with it. I mean, they, they did some good work, didn't they, Brenda? And was it Oh, Christ, yeah, yeah. I haven't yeah. seen her for... Couple of years now, Brenda. Dot's but. getting old, isn't she? Well, they both. Well, they both are. But yeah, back in the day, they done some good work. I, I think it was about three years ago. Last time I saw Brenda mm. down there. Um, but yeah, they, they they did some good stuff and pulled it out in the open. Mm. But there's more to come, I'm sure. I don't think we're scratched the surface. And one day, you, there's going to be certain people who speak out. And um, I think if Bruce England ever spoke out, who was there with one of Holt's party, that could change a lot of people's views on what we what we think goes on. Um, there's a lot of clues in the Holt tape. I mean, Holt goes on about this um, this UFO in the field that exploded, disappeared into three white objects. You find it on the halt tape, it's not there anyway. So why mm. would they come out? And there was a, another thing on Radio Suffolk. Um, Brenda gave me these carrier bags full of tapes, and I still ain't gone through them all because there's too much information there. And some of them have got nothing on, some have got music on, some have got interviews, some have got quite candid interviews that I'd never release because that would make cause embarrassment for people. Um but that's an interview with Radio Suffolk. And on there, this um, the chap who was doing the investigation, I can't think of his name now, he was one of the Manchester lots, the solicitor. Can you pull his name up? Do you know what that is? Can't think of at the moment. Oh. It was one of them, Jenny Randall's, it was Mike Sachs. And, and anyway, he's got a memo from Colonel Holt where he asked him questions. And one of the questions was um, that he had heard, no, he in the statement to this chap, the solicitor, he said that at one time they surrounded a craft, tried to get in it or on it, but it evaded them. And then when I brought it up with Colonel Holt, he's give different answers every time. Yeah, there was a, there was another another little rumor going about that. When this 
craft. I mean, I, I, I still, I don't, I still think they just use portals. I don't think they just fly around. I think the craft no, use portals. Yeah. And um, apparently, I think the second night, three thirty in the morning, a, a rather large aircraft landed at Woodbridge, mm. and it was, uh, it was the, the guy had this this some equipment it was on with armed guard I, I can't remember who told me this and uh they reckon they had parts that would fit this ufo and they managed to get it that's what helped them get off the ground again now i don't know if you've heard that well i've heard similar but of course when um adrian Bustinza gave his evidence he always said that when he was listening to the conversation between Holt and whatever these entities were or whatever it was, he said they were after some parts from another world. Yeah. And that's, that's what they're talking about. But then when I speak to people about this airplane, what landed, there was no airplane flying that night, they say. But then they said there was no helicopters flying that night. But you know, there are because you can hear them on the whole tape. <laughs> so, you know. Oh, that's absolutely fascinating, fascinating. isn't it? Yeah, and not only that, there was aircraft. Um, I mean, Charles Holt was a deputy base commander. He was like third in command there. There was parts of the base that he were off limits to him. And when these aircraft come in with their own security, that was one of the areas. So he didn't know what was going on, did he? Couldn't have done. Well, I doubt we'll ever know. But it's good fun looking into it. Yeah. <laughs> it is, absolutely. What's the whole tapes? <laughs> and what's it all about? Oh, okay, but while Colonel Holt was out there, um on the third night, or the second instant, the third night, um, or or the second instant, which was the third night, he had with him a little dictaphone. Well, being the base commander, he would go around the air bases and if he saw a light bulb he'd make a note of it or if he see some rubbish needed emptying he'd make a note of it then he'd give the dictaphone to his secretary she'd type up and that get dealt with well he had that out there with him on the um when he was out there and so if you go onto youtube and just punch in halt tape h-a-l-t tape then there's 18 minutes of real time um him do you know being buzzed by these UFOs and different things. I mean, th that was 18 minutes of four hours. So they're stop, start, stop, start, stop, start. And there is a little bit of discrepancy with the halt tape because some people I know who whose business is in the music industry, they were able to decipher from a stop, stop start and an edit. So there has definitely been bits cut out. There's definitely bits been rearranged. So you make of it what you will. But most of what went on that night is on that tape. And you can hear the fear in their voices. What's the whole tape? Debbie, when it worked at Two Swords, we were talking about if people we see are real or aliens. On the way home on the tube, an odd-looking bloke sat opposite me. Telepathically said, scratch your ear. And he did. I said, scratch your nose, and he did. So was he an alien? Mm -hmm. I bet half the people would see you're not human. So it sounds possible. I've only ever seen one person at Rendlesham who was a really 
um, we was all sitting on the ground up the east gate. We'd had a, most of our evenings walk, and we're back at the east gate, and we're sitting down. Can't remember whose company I was with now, but the regular people who goes up there. And all of a sudden, there was um, one person, two women, and two men. But this one person was the giant of a man. He was, I mean, uh, John Burroughs is tall. This bloke was seven foot. And he was really grey, white complexion and dressed most bizarrely, you know, like with an overcoat on. And I always, I always felt that it was a, maybe wasn't a human. And they walked to the left of it where there's no entrance into the base or anything. But we, they never came back. But my dog, who's only growled twice in his life, both times at Rendlesham, growled and growled and growled at him. So did I see a non-human person? If I didn't, he was a very, very tall person. And the other people who were with him didn't seem surprised. You know, they, you know, the people who were in his company, they weren't making a big thing about his size or anything. We just stood there looking at him. Mm. Well, it's... Oh, that was that feeding, feed, feeding back again all of a sudden. According to a book written 100 years ago, there were 135 species of alien here back then. Mm. Yeah. Well, well, we don't even really know what we are, do we, Alex? I mean, we might be the aliens. Mm -hmm. We might have been seeded on here from another planet. Well, I'm sure people think, yeah, some of us are. <laughs> Well, there definitely are some people who think they come from the Pleiades and, and stuff. But, I mean, it's such a weird situation. Why is our planet so beautiful and stand out amongst all the billions of others? I mean, you see pictures of Mars. Would you want to live there? No. No. You know, and even the moon, even if you're going to live underground. Well, we've got a beautiful Earth. There's something special about us. We're either been put here for a reason or maybe they're harvesting our souls or something. Well. Or DNA, keeping the DNA bloodlines going. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, I, along with other people, all, all think we, well, no, we've been here before. We, we've, yeah. we've been around this way quite a few times. Well, past lives, yeah. Past lives. Mm. Um, yeah. But I, someone said to me, you know, oh, about all oh, these nuclear things. I said it won't happen. I don't think it'll ever happen. No. I think. Call them aliens, ETs, whatever you want to call them. They showed what they could do back in the eighties by knocking everything out. Yeah, I think that sure sure things like in the first and second world war, mm. there was sort of been things turned up that mm. changed the course of the the war, like the angels of Mons. Yes, yeah, exactly. Um, it's all fascinating, but. Yeah. yeah, I think they'll let us go so far and they'll put a stop to it. And they'll step in. Definitely. They definitely they... aren't showing themselves, are they? they ain't, um, you know, when, they... when, you, when you see people with marvellous gifts that are superhuman, you know, where does that come from? Mm. Well, nearly two hours, Ronnie. Yeah, it's gone quick. It's gone quick, isn't it? Yeah. Well... I don't know much further we can go. We'll talk about it all night. This is the thing. Um, 
I hope you all enjoyed tonight. Uh, I found it fascinating, and, and I'm sure some of you guys on here don't know the whole story, but there's so much more in there to talk about. Yeah. And um, maybe we can get John on here one night. I'm sure he maybe, would. maybe both of you can come on. Yeah. You and John. I mean, if you, if you wanted to talk about um, phenomena that's happened apart from the RFI, Danny, I could get some airmen to talk about that as well. Whatever. Yeah. We, we just, you know, talk whatever goes, really. Yeah. And um, we've been doing this, well, coming up for my third year of doing this now. Mm. And um, we, we have all sorts of people come on, talk about different things and, Rendlesham crops up quite a lot. Yeah, it keeps just that old revolving door. Keep it never go away, will it? No. You know, I've but, tried to, I've tried to put it to one side, but then something will happen. I'll find something. Like when I moved recently, I put a lot of stuff in storage. I found a, a metal trunk absolutely full of papers that I haven't really gone into yet. Debbie, there's a a boy who says he's from an alien planet, and put here, and his knowledge is mind blowing. Oh. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. There's been people who do that in there. Well, I I find it all fascinating, mm. and you know, all you guys on here tonight, you have to if if you want, come on here and talk about anything, or you know, people who want to, I don't know, come and have a chin wake with us. Let mm. us know because um, hang on. What happened in the 1980s to do with war? With the war? Well, that was the height of the Cold War. That was the only yeah. war. Yeah, that's why I don't think it... That's why the airmen were there. The airmen were there. I mean, they denied it, but they were stockpiling tactical nuclear weapons mm. so that if um, the Russians invaded Poland, they would... They, they, um, I think they were not phantoms anyway. The, oh, the phantoms, phantoms, yeah. They were phantoms. They would come in from Lakenheath load up with the tactical nuclear weapons and take them over to Germany to the front line there. And then the A-10 tank busters, what was, were, um, which were from Bentwaters, they'd go there and just make me laugh when I saw them Russian tanks all in the line. Just one tank buster aircraft broke yeah. the line. Even now, they're still the same planes in the 40 years, 40 years older, you know. But, you know, um, I just think it, they won't won't anything happen to this planet because they live in here as well. And I, I think the higher um, the higher forces know that as well. Yeah, that's just pointless spending money on something that's never going to happen. Hmm. Oh, I'll send old old Vladimir a message tomorrow. Say, look, we've sorted this out for you. Yeah. I think that was one of the things that the MOD were more worried about. You know, in the early days of the Rendlesham incident, they thought that the UFO investigators were in cahoots with the Russians. Oh, right. Yeah. Oh, dear. Things we learn on a Sunday night, eh? Sitting here yeah. chin-wagging. Elaine, thank you for joining us tonight's show with host Alex and guest Ronnie. Thank See you all next thank week. You for me, Elaine. I really enjoyed it. Thanks. Well, before we go next uh, next week, I don't know what's going to happen. 
I've got my little box of tricks. Now I've got I'm going away tomorrow. I've got some some business to do. I've got to meet up with my sister and that down in Kent. Um so what we're gonna do next, I'm gonna take my laptop and we're gonna try and I'm gonna try and run it from from there. That'd be interesting. And it could be an interesting evening as well because I, I yeah, don't mind too much of it, but there's activity there. Yeah. So it, hopefully it'll just be Elaine and myself next week. Um, and, and we're going to try and come on and do this. Uh, but so far, so good. This 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 little magic box works. It seems to be brilliant. That's good. Yeah. And tonight we only only got cut off once. And this is weird, Ronnie. Yeah. Don't happen any other time. It's when we're talking about this stuff, they just shut it down. Yeah. yeah. I think they're just letting you know they can. Oh, exactly. They do what they want, can't they? Yeah. They'll do whatever they want. But um, thanks, Ronnie. We didn't get around to talk about the motorbike, yeah. but maybe next time. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> brilliant evening, guys. Well done. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, Mike. Oh, I'm glad you all enjoyed it. And um, say, so 18th of November, we're having a we're, we're having a meet up at Rendlesham. Mm. Um, if anyone wants to turn up, come along. Debbie, if you want to come along with anybody, give me a give me a message, um, and we'll see see what happens. We'll have a walk about. Ronnie might be there as well. I don't know. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll go. If, you come um, down. Yeah. yeah, more the merrier, right? Eh? Yeah. Don't forget, like they say, all these mediumship courses tend to form bring your own sandwiches. Yes, right. <laughs> <laughs> and be like, I didn't actually eat mine. I usually eat mine yeah. very early on. I'll get moaned at body lane. And uh <laughs> but yeah, bring your own sandwiches and drink or whatever and come down and uh have a wander about. And um I'll say thanks again, Ronnie. It was an interesting evening. Mm. Opened my eyes up to a lot of stuff, and uh, we've been going up for nearly two hours now. Mm. I hope you enjoyed it. Yeah, I did, yeah. It's quite easy going, and uh, mm. no pressure, is it? No. Our moderator, no. our moderator won't come on. What's she say? <laughs> I don't I moan, know. just bring up. Uh, you've eaten half already. <laughs> <coughs> I know, Elaine. Getting better, though. Are you going to come on and say goodnight with your runny nose, or are you not? Um, no, she ain't going to come on, though. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Anyway, um, we'll see you all again next week, all being well. But if any, we have a problem, well, you know we have problems. You've come to expect it now after a couple of years. Um, and then the week after... We're in November, and we have Derek Savory. You know Derek, don't you, Ronnie? Yeah, I do. Yeah, right, well. Yeah. And that'll be another probably uh, a rendition or no doubt he's had some area experiences there for certain. And then after that, I can't think. I think we got Shirley Batty. Then we have Katrina Moncur, which is my daughter. She's coming on. And then we have, can't think. <laughs> I think I'm doing very well. Think about four weeks in advance, you know. Anyway, guys, 
we're going to say adios. Thanks for thanks for coming, watching us, and um, we'll see you all next week. And uh, I'm just going to shut this down now. Don't Cheers. go anywhere wrong. No. Try not to get rid of you. <laughs> Cheers, guys, and we'll see you later. Bye, everyone.